You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Alright, welcome back everyone. Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast is here once again. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton. So, we're here. This is... Still don't have this figured out, but... It's it's getting sharper. We're, we're honing. Yeah. We're honing yeah. our abilities. Yep. Coming at you from Zoom. We are socially distanced and responsible. I don't know about responsible, but we are far away from each other. Cliff's in his garage. Mm-hmm. It's very he tropical. Got kicked out of his house tonight. Oh my Mike, god! Oh my god! Michael's toes are in the air. Save that for your OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> the barefoot postman. I'd say uh, one of those romance novels. How? What is the foot washing procedure like after this job as opposed to your last job? Is it a is it more strenuous foot washing or is there less problems? The last one you that's why they grew the bristle. You had to use that on your feet. That's why they grew that on their face. I would say it's uh last time it was just because of the smell was so horrible from the <laughs> <laughs> uh. This time it's more for uh, pain relief, I guess. Well, there we go. Uh, yeah, you know us. <laughs> yeah, you know Michael a little better. <laughs> That's as good of a segue as any. <laughs> hey, we do that from time to time. We throw out a little questionnaire uh, to learn a little bit more about us. and We call it, yeah, you know me. You down with KPP? Yeah, you know me. What the hell is wrong with you people? You know me. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know me. I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. You know me. You don't know how Why are you the way that you are? I came across this one on reddit.com. Somebody <laughs> asked, <laughs> just giving proper credit. There's probably a link in the, there could be a link in the comments. Because we talk about time travel a lot. We like sci-fi. We like thought exercises. So bring it. If you were visited by someone claiming to be you from the future, how would you make them prove they're you? The, obviously, this is, you know, many TV shows and movies have used this plot device. And hmm. some older version of you just walks in the door and says, hey, I'm you, great Scott, I'm you from the future. And you would say, prove it. There's got to be a way. What, what, what do you think you would do? 
Hmm. I mean, there was a guy in the comment section. I was reading some of the answers, and he said, and this seemed to be a common thread that people have thought about this, and have like have either a code word or a phrase uh-huh. or a number they they've thought of for someone to prove they're either psychic or from the future. I'd like, you know, people just care there. And the guy, one guy in the comment said, it's literally the only fight my wife and I ever had that lasted like a whole day. Cause he would not tell her his secret code <laughs> for someone from the future. Like his wife Moscow. would not let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, well, my first thought was like, well, I don't have like a birthmark or anything. So, I, you know, but, um, and only Michael's only fans, Camboy, he's got a new cam. Only, only they know his, uh, first marks. The, so uh, to me, it'd have to be like a, a secret or something you just never told anybody, you never talked about, which uh, that could be anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So whatever we say today, if it's something like that, you can't use it because right, yeah, you don't have to give away your secret, but no, but I don't, I, I don't know what I, would I, be I get, the best way. I have a couple things off the top of my head. Like if future me walked in here right now, I would I would say, okay, what have you watched recently that you w- would not talk about on the podcast? <laughs> 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 what did you watch all of, like every episode? And not talk about the podcast. Well, I know the answer is not Happy Days, so no, don't answer true. that. I would definitely talk about that. Uh, something else. I know one. I collect something I've never mentioned on here. Hmm. And I'll just go get it. I'll get it. You guys discuss your thing. Well, it's interesting because when before he even mention like birthmarks or, or a scar or something that's kind of immediately what i thought of like what would be something like a scar or something that nobody really you know could identify like how it happened or whatever and i definitely have like on on this finger here i have a it's hard to see on that camera but i have a little scar right here that um there we go um that i did when i was very young i got my finger caught in the conveyor belt at the grocery store the checkout line oh jeez <laughs> after my mom like told me not to do it i mean very young and uh and it cut my cut my finger really bad right there when i was little and um I was I used to joke at one point that it kind of cursed me because it happened when when our local Kroger um was on where the Big Lot store that I worked at for years and years the Kroger was there first and that's when I cut this this finger right there on that conveyor belt and I will said it cursed me that uh for later on in life that I would have to work there forever but <laughs> but that was my first thought well that's really weird because my that's why i was thinking of my finger i have a scar on my knuckle and like a a weird cut on my hand but my finger has a little mark on it it was not a conveyor belt but it was a, mark, a similar story when i was a little kid i did something on my finger and i would i would that's what i would ask my future self 
What is this little mark on your finger from? Yeah, I think that we might have to. Because uh, is this? I mean, if we're really looking at this. Is this this doppelganger might have all your scars and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It might. It might be something that they know. You know. Yeah, they'd have to know how it happened. Right. Do you exactly. have ten? Are you? You have an extra finger, or what? What are you showing us? <laughs> It's this finger right here. Like, if we want to go down that route of scars, um, the very finger scars. Do I have to... What am I looking this at? This has become Jaws. We're just going to start there. Look, look at my. I got this on a tiger shark. <laughs> trying to see. I don't know if you can see it. But anyway, this finger, I had the tip ripped off. And this finger right here was just like hanging off of it barely like right there and they had to sew it back on i was playing out back with my brother and i and there was like the just got why, done digging the, your toys up no unfortunately <laughs> there, was, no. there was like a that's um, not true Seth. <laughs> there was a bar with weights on it and we were rolling it around or something like that and there was like a jagged edge on the concrete and I told him to stop and he didn't. And my hand got caught up underneath the weights against that concrete. And just the knee jerk reaction was to go like this. And I had gloves. I had gloves on too. Cause it was, I mean, I, it, it must've been cold out like winter time, but I think I was in maybe fourth grade. And so it, it ripped the tip of this one finger off and they had to sew that one back on. Hmm. Well, mine was boring then. Mine, mine was. I was in class, and my pencil was really, really sharp, and I was writing something. And this was like second or third grade, and I was writing something, and I, I turned it around to erase, and I slammed my eraser down, and I apparently had my finger right here, and my 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 pencil jammed up into my finger, and I raised my hand, and like the pencil was stuck in it, and I went ah. And like shook my hand and flung the pencil across the room, and it like it somehow tattooed. I've had a little tattoo mark from pencil in my in my finger ever since. But if we did want to get more demented, I would go along with what's my safe word. <laughs> what is it? I, I'm not saying. <laughs> if you can guess it, I'll tell you. Hmm. <laughs> You'll tell me if I be, get it right. Yeah, I will. It's gonna be, be a breed, a breed of owl. <laughs> yeah. Is it who? No. <laughs> no. No. Keep guessing. Oh. Get back. To All me. right. Um, mine was. Uh, I don't. I'm not. You know, really, very religious anymore. But I grew up Catholic. And a big thing when you are a kid, Catholic kid, you have to have like a favorite saint. You have to have a saint. They do make you do saint things. It's always you dress up like um, and do things. I went to a Catholic school, so there was always this saint stuff. But so I collected medals of my favorite saint. Does anybody have a guess? Saint Christopher. You, you, a couple Catholic boys here. Saint Christopher. Saint Michael's. St. Michael's. That's who I was, uh, like, I think that my middle name's Michael. I think they were, 
I'm sure that Seth is biblical and Michael, I'm sure as I'm doing the same, but um, no, my favorite saint, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I ever talked about to anybody, so I feel like this would be a good one. But I, I always ha had a few medals of him. There's a, here's one. Uh, this is a big one. I this is bigger than I thought it was going to be when I got it. Um, here's another one, but you can't see him real well. This is the one I actually wear this sometimes. You know, just let's see if I can get it to show up here. Uh. It's like a night on maybe the big one will show up. It's Saint George. Mm -hmm. And he it he yeah, he's the most metal saint that ever lived. He killed a dragon. Cause Catholicism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, what do we got here? Let's look through. What'd this guy do? Oh, he, he fed some people. Oh, this guy took care of the sick. Yeah. Whatever this one said, um, uh, you, uh, I refused to deny God. Yeah, yada, yada. St. George, what'd he do? He killed a dragon. <laughs> oh, like, okay. Yeah, if you have to Rock pick on. your kid, how is every kid not pick him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Also, Epcot. He is in uh, the. They have the in the Germany Pavilion. They have a uh, right in the square. They have a a statue of Saint George killing the dragon. Really? Mm -hmm. I gotta see that. Is yeah. it peace dragon? Because <laughs> peace kill peace dragon. I anyway, that's my guy. I remember Saint George from um, Herberto Ramos Ramos um, comic series through Image. That he had about the vampire kid. I'm trying to remember what the name it was. It was really beautifully drawn. Um, but he had a character in Saint that was Saint George. Hmm. I just think it's so funny. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, sure. I mean, Catholicism, you could just have all kinds of stuff like that that just like, whatever. Sure. Now what Don't if you drag. found out what if you found out that's also a safe word? <laughs> It is not. But that would be funny. Okay. So, that, I don't know what I expected from that, but sure. Not that three happened. finger injuries. <laughs> I have more finger injuries. That's I just... another. Yeah, that would be another. Yeah, you know me is what's your most gruesome bodily injury? If we, if we get, if we get, if the next question you randomly pick out is tell us about your, your best finger injury. <laughs> You guys really blew your wad on this one. I got a few other ones. I'm all right. Well, okay, since so that's talk about that's like the travel. future, future talk. Yeah. So time travel. Yes, time I read travel. a book. It's just a jump to the left. With your hands on your hips. What's that? Who's talking? Somebody in, at the beach with you, Cliff? Mm -mm, not Somebody, over here. It sounded like someone was 
Someone was hooting, it sounds It's just me and the cat. (laughs) 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 He wants us to stop. (laughs) We're not stopping. That's not our podcast safe word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Time travel book of the week. Guys, I killed Adolf Hitler. Uh Uh-oh. This podcast has Nazi paraphernalia on the screen. There it is. Jason, this is, correct? Yes, this is by Jason. It's uh, from like 15 years ago, I think. This guy's from Norway, lives in France now, I think. He's done... This is his big, most famous thing as far as I know. What do you know, Jordan, about Jason? Uh, a lot of books that look kind of like that. Or the like anthropomorphic character. and Yes, very uh, simplistic drawings. Very, and yes, everybody's anthropomorphic morphized and uh this particular story is about you know as you can imagine going back to kill hitler the main character is a hitman and he's getting hired to by everybody to just kill random people oh they don't like their boss or their girlfriend or this or that and it's really a love story it it i read it again today to refresh and I enjoyed it more the second time because I remember being a little confused the first time because um, because they're animals, so many of them look the same. You know, there'll be a lot of dogs or cats or whatever. And it's like, I don't know that I followed it real well the first time I read it. But, it, but anyway, it made a lot more sense this time. But it, he is... He goes back to kill Hitler and there's a, you know, of course, nothing ever works out the way you think it's going to, but it's all about the relationship between the main character and his girlfriend and how they, you know, there's some time travel that goes along back and forth or whatever, but how, how it plays out. It's really just about their relationship. And I was very sweet and, uh, you know, it's very slowly paced. It's, it's just, I have a feeling like all of his stuff has to be exactly like this. Just like matter of fact, and just like, just very short talking to each other. Um, I don't know. I don't, I really liked it. I thought it was so, totally worth reading. If you had like at your local library or something, check it out for sure. It's a quick read. And uh, it's another, another good addition to the time travel library i'm glad i got it so we need to talk about some stuff we've been watching we need to get into that taint (laughs) (laughs) we uh what what somebody like commented that they liked our happy days talk jordan yeah, once again, a comment from Terry W. Irvin II, who enjoyed all this Happy Days talk we're doing. A man of a certain age, like us, that knows what's good. Exactly. We're up to, uh, we're still trying to find out what what's going on in the Happy Days tank there between Jumping the Shark and Arnold's Burning Down. So... So me TV or my my five whatever they call it is has hit the hit the spot. It's we're into yeah. Arnold's has burned down. So 
So, Seth, you, you stopped getting that channel, but you were still going to try to keep up yeah. on it? Dale, if you need to watch – if you need is a good word. If you need <laughs> to watch this, uh, Daily Motion, I'm pretty sure, has every episode of Happy Days. So, there is a catch, though. It's a catch. It's all flipped. So, what's right on the right is on the left. And mm. this, you got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as devastating for me when Arnold's burnt down because I didn't recognize the place. <laughs> and the bathrooms are on the left side. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. So some of the so, some of before you know we, where we left off was Marion had went to jail. That's what you uh, correct. That's yeah. where you left off. And we. Let's get in there. I'll just look up the episodes. Season seven. I only wrote down the high points of these. So okay, well, I'm just going to click through the episodes here real quick. We had Richie got a job at the newspaper place. He was moving papers around. and I did write that one down. Okay, what, what would Jeff say? Because it was interesting. Okay, Richie, he's a journalism major. He gets a job at the newspaper. Well, he, he has to work in the loading docks. All right, so he's already feeling... You know, he's, he's, it's beneath him. Right. So he goes, he gets the job, and there's a guy already working there who's just a real jerk to him. And like everything, go to Fonzie. Fonzie, he's being mean to me. Yeah. So you, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's where it's going to go to. Richie meets a jerk. Like, Richie has good ideas to improve the place. And like, the guy's too mean to him. And they're going to have to learn to get together. But it actually took a twist. Yeah into like weird class struggle territory where Fonz is like, why do you, why do you have a job, Richie? What to buy some extra burgers at Arnold's and take Lori Beth on a date. This guy has a job. He's got a family and a kid. He's like, this job is everything to him. And you came into his territory. I was like, Holy crap. Like he's like, he's privilege shaming him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was an excellent moment because the guy, you know, the guy was trying, you know, definitely trying to, Marcus territory and mm-hmm. it was a good moment when Richie kind of took the fall and all that and good stuff. Then we had Richie falls in love, which I don't want to leave out that now at the beginning of that episode, we just talked about, you had that you always have the Potsy and Ralph ridiculous, stupid thing come on. They came, came in dressed as Cardinals. Then the very next episode, they came in as the mouse and the clock from Hickory Dickory Dog. Because, uh, yeah, anyway. And Richie, he's not, he's had enough with this this kid stuff. And he falls in love with this traveling photographer, gorgeous woman. You know, they met over root beer at the at the bar. It was like a very, uh, you know, Richie's trying to grow up on this show. They're, they're getting old. He's already <laughs> going bald. Right. He has a, a growing bald spot. The problem is, it's simultaneously has become the late 70s and they're all growing their hair long and it really accentuates that he is losing his hair (laughs) it's pretty great um then we had a couple episodes where i think it was all about henry winkler is just dying to do stage work he just is like he wants he's which it's funny to watch that and think about barry now it's so fun that that's what he. I did that. My mind goes to Barry quite a lot on this. Yeah. He had an episode where they uh, 
it was called Fonzie's a thespian and it was uh Marion was in a play or whatever and ended up of course Fonzie has to save the day and be in it just like he had to be a magician he had to be a freaking escape artist awesome. um then there was a burlesque show because why why was there a burlesque show uh because mr c was right on the cusp of becoming grand poobah ah yes does that make of the leopard lodge does that make us mrs poobah <laughs> isn't that what <laughs> mrs c said um <laughs> so i was very excited to hear some poobah talk um so they did a whole burlesque show the whole the whole gang had to step in it was you know it was it was what it was. It was very season seven. And of course it was that we need we need to put on a stage show. Where can we find a bunch of attractive girls? You know, the camera cuts the phone. Like, hey. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I like uh, all these things. Uh, like the play, I think, going back to the play, Marion's made this comment, which really stuck out to me, that she'd raised two children. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> it was like freaking... Justice for Chuck. <laughs> what the heck? Ugh. Anyway, um, then we had Joni almost posed naked. Short cake. <laughs> Short back, blue eyes. Chachi was uh, working for a photographer that took pictures of naked girls and. Were the ratings getting low? I mean, what? (laughs) It had already jumped the shark cliff. We've we've established that. Yes. The, um, anyway, she wasn't going to do it, but that was the big excitement there. Um, then we had Archie, I mean, Archie. (laughs) (laughs) Freudian slip. Yeah. Okay. Richie, uh, had his drink spiked. And he actually the other one I wrote down. Yeah, what'd you say? Uh, yeah, so he's at a fraternity party. They're drinking out of the punch bowl, and good goody two shoes Richie doesn't want to drink, but the, his fraternity brother spikes it. And they were they weren't clear with what he spiked it with, but Richie like lost his mind. Yeah, he was, like I was like, is was this what a person the... that this what a person that doesn't drink thinks right. happens when you're drunk? <laughs> Yeah, so he he was like mean to his friends. He he was like being crude to Lori Beth. He kicked in the drum set, like the the bass drum. He's kicking it in. He's like, I am the Lizard King. He's like, he has totally lost his mind at this party. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, so his friends are just gonna turn on him, but then they learn. You know what? We, Richie deserves the benefit of the doubt. He's been there for us all these times. I will say this. That scene where he comes in and has to apologize to them and doesn't know what he did and they're being jerks to him. I know that I have seen that scene already in this rewatch. He's done something before and they basically did the same. I mean, Ralph's sitting there telling him to drop dead and everything. I mean, they. I think they used the same script for that scene. Then we had, um, what was it? We had uh, the... Oh, oh, Fonzie versus the She-Devils. That was when we had the She-Devils. It was basically dinner for schmucks. Mm. That one didn't live up to where my hope was. (laughs) 
with a lady biker gang on Happy Days. It didn't quite deliver. Yeah, it was, it was dinner for schmucks that this lady biker gang went out and got the biggest jerks, idiots they could find, which of course was Ralph and Potsy and Richie and take them back, have a contest who's got the dumbest person. And then Henry Winkler gets to act like he's a nerd and go in there and save the day. Oh, they chained Chachi to the sink. <laughs> See, it broke up with somebody. I don't know. But that, yeah, isn't... that one's that one had a good moment where, like, Fonzie gets on him for dumping a girl. He's like, he's like, Fonzie, you dump hundreds of girls. Like, I never dump one. Every girl that's with me knows the deal up front, and we're always honest with with it. So that like, you know, he's a player and a cad, but like. He respects the women, and he, you know, they all know what the deal is. When he snaps his fingers, what happened? You know, you know, someone else is going to show up. So they, they kind of establish that he's still a good, a good man. He's not he's a womanizer. Right. He doesn't like someone. Yes, do, doing a woman wrong. Yes, that's right. He's teaching Chachi. He's got to be harsh on Chachi. Um. Then we had the mechanic, which was the guy in the wheelchair came. So. There's a couple of those things this season where somebody is um, has some sort of disability or whatever, and they they have a show about it. He's a very angry man. Yeah, that's another weird one where you think it's about oh anyone in a wheelchair can do what an able-bodied person can do, but it became he wheels in he's like, do I get the job or what? And like he's just like, yeah, a guy in a wheelchair can be top, a jerk too. Right, just the most <laughs> over the top. Every the guy was hilarious at being angry. Right. <laughs> I know. He, I mean, if you just pick out moments in these episodes, you'd never believe that it was written like it, it was like, oh, the, in this episode, a guy in a wheelchair is going to come over and give Richie a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you want a haircut or not? <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe somebody would say that. Well, I can't believe somebody asked for a haircut that doesn't need one. Uh, anyway, then the next one, they they were closing Inspiration Point to bring the highway in. They're bringing the highway in there to get 5.8 more uh, flow traffic in there up the sales to hardware store. Yeah, Cunningham Hardware is going to turn a bigger profit. Anyway, Fonzie came in and cement shoes. It was a whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember much about that episode, and I just watched it. But here comes the bride again, where they're going to get remarried. And they hired some, apparently, some comedy duo from the time. Were those guys famous? I, they acted like they were, and people <laughs> wooed at I them. thought you would know. I thought you were going to say, yeah, those guys were on the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> I, I have no clue who those guys were. <laughs> But they hired this like same with the guy from the burlesque show was somebody. Oh yeah, he somebody who was famous in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. The girl he was with, I think his sidekick. That was Elvira, wasn't it? Well, it could have been. I think it was. Anyway, the um. Anyway, these guys like were catering the wedding or whatever. They were terrible. I know that the guy that yelled over the wall in that episode, their neighbor, is Ron Howard's dad. He's he showed up in a Rance. couple as the yeah. mean neighbor, yeah. Anyway, then they went camping, and you know Richie was in charge. Speaking of Archie getting, Richie got mauled <laughs> right. by a bear. He got mauled by a bear. <laughs> his t- his uh, 
sleeper bag got all tore up and everything. Yeah, it's all coming together. And this, they're lucky that it's season seven, so there can't be that many seasons left that he has to have that score. Um, Actually, I did the math. You're wrong. There's a whole lot more still to go. <laughs> then, um, I don't know. Joni had, oh, Joni was having to decide whether she was going to go to the Alamo. Yeah, which was, do you know what the Alamo is, Cliff? In Texas? In uh, Milwaukee. Oh, no. (laughs) It's a special part of Inspiration Point, which did not get torn down, by the way. Um, It's a part where there's no lights hit it. So if you go to the Alamo, that's you're doing something really dirty. And she got a ring. You always remember the Alamo. You remember that. Mm -hmm. Remember the Alamo. It's a great, great stuff we're watching. (laughs) Anyway, she didn't go. So. She didn't do the naked stuff, and she didn't go to the Alamo either. Then the next episode, things ramped up because this was it. Arnold's was burning down. Backwards Arnold's, for me, was burning down. All right, season seven. Bizarro Arnold's. That's the name of this episode, Bizarro Arnold. (laughs) Left was right, right was left. Season seven, episode 17. Hot stuff. Okay, so here's what I just learned. This episode aired January 22nd, 1980. I was five days old. (laughs) This is the first, that's the first episode of Happy Days that I was ever alive for. Oh my God. And Arnold's burned down. That makes a lot of sense. Everything was pretty good. Everything had been going pretty good until a little something happened. And all this time, We've been blaming it on Arnold's burning down. Jordan was born. There we go. <laughs> Holy smokes. So, Fawn's jumped the shark. You, you season- cross your heart up to die. Take <laughs> a needle in your eye. <laughs> season five, episode three is when he jumped the shark. September of 1977. Arnold's burned down season seven, 1980. So there are 67 episodes between the two. My ex-wife was born on September 25th, 1977. <laughs> so that makes sense. You guys screwed everything up. <laughs> so there was a, a sweet spot in the middle there. And then everything. <laughs> Okay, so if you think Happy Days jumped the shark in season five, Happy Days went 11 seasons. So jumping the shark, the third episode of season five, is less than halfway into the run. I'm not, I'm just, I can't say it. It, For a show that went 11 seasons, I can't say it jumped the shark that soon. I think seven is a little bit more logical. What, as we go on here, I would say we just need to rethink what the de- definition of jumping the shark is. Because I think what traditionally people are referring to is the reality that how ridiculous it becomes after the shark jumping. The, you cannot deny that these episodes we've been watching are <laughs> the most ridiculous episodes. 
but that's the that's what I like best of them. I'm not saying it's bad. Right. I'm just saying that's what the the re- reference is that it's ridiculous. It didn't used to be this crazy. So from the minute Arnold's burns down, there are still 96 more episodes to go before it ends. Right. I don't know how I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I don't know if I can go for and I I only jumped in in the like season five so I didn't even rewatch the whole first right. section so that's, well, that's I, a lot more happy days to go yeah I hey it's up to you my only <laughs> the question that the thing that still I have to go back to I brought this up a while back there's a name that I think in the second season maybe probably comes up. Is said several times, Jenny Piccolo. Jenny Piccolo, yes. And I remember what this girl looks like. And we are now almost done with season seven. And she has never been on the show yet. She's just, everyone talks about her. Right. She's just saying, you know, it's just this person that you, doesn't exist. But I remember what she, she went. Like. She ran off with Chuck. <laughs> yeah. But we know at some point she has to. I don't think I'm crazy. I can pick, she has to be on the show at some point. So I'm kind of like curious when that happens. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You tell me. You're going to have to keep me updated whether we're going any further with this. <laughs> it's, it is a bright spot in my day. Yeah. Because like some of these shows, the show we're going to talk about here in a minute, it was so dark and dreary. Like it, I could not. It couldn't be the last thing I watched before bed. Yeah. So I would watch it really late at night. Like I can't go to bed after watching that. So I'd throw on a Happy Days, and like it would, it would mellow me back out. So it, it's it's still it's serving a purpose in my life right now. And yeah, it's got to get a little bit of, of Al Rimshot Delvecchio in there. They called him at one point. He played the drums for the first time. He was in the band because we. Some of these episodes, there was no singing actually this season, and then all of a sudden it was always back. Potsy's singing every freaking episode. They got lots of fake sax, and then we we had we had you know Scott Bayo playing drums, and then we got now Al was playing the fakest ass drums you've ever seen. Jenny Piccolo, there she is, boy yeah. crazed best friend. Season nine, she, and we'll remain until she does not appear till season eight. Ah. Yeah, I rec. I know I've seen her in episodes. She looks. Familiar. Yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah. She's All right. So, terrible. should we talk about any TV made in this year? This year. Why would we? Or this decade? Sure. I guess. I guess. Michael. What we got. Show that is very topical with what's going on in the world right now. What could it be? The crazy wild world of Utopia. The darkest show that Jordan Lowe has ever watched. We all have our reasons for being in this world. We all have our purpose. Utopia! Utopia is a story about a genius scientist who made horrible viruses. Ebola, MERS, Zika, predicted in dystopia years before the first case in the real world. Yeah, you're one of those, huh? It all has to mean something. What have you done today to earn your place in this crowded world? 
starts with an earthquake. You want to stay alive, come with me. They just killed every single person who's seen Utopia. Everything in Utopia is real. Viruses, biowarfare, man-made disease. I'm the foremost expert on this virus. Jesus. It's a pretty serious situation. I bet your ass it's a serious situation. The Stearns flu has now been declared a national pandemic. This is our undoing. We can fight it. We'd just be going into the belly of the beast, practically begging to be slaughtered. Yes. Yeah, what? what? That's extreme. this out in our group chat I'm like hey has anybody watched had you already started watching it or were you just checking yeah I, I, were, were you recommending it to us or were, were you just asking if we'd watched it well i i had watched the trailer for it and it immediately it looked like it had a hook for each one of us to like dig into um that i thought as a collective that we would like the show just based on the trailer um so that when i I think I'd watched maybe the first episode when I um, sent it out in the uh, the messenger, whatever. So this it just recently premiered on Amazon Prime, and it is based on a British show that ran two seasons in 2013 and 2014, and then soon after they're trying to adapt it to an American audience. And at one point, David Fincher was attached and was going to produce and direct episodes for HBO. And then that apparently fell through. And then Gillian Flynn came on, who was the writer of Gone Girl, the novel. And then mm-hmm. a lot of her stuff's been turned into the show Sharp Objects. So she is kind of she wrote several of the episodes and was kind of the, the force behind this. So there, there's a pedigree to it. But uh, yeah, I don't, it was it, it it was dark. It was uh, not a for a the trailer did make it look kind of like a fun zippy crime yeah apocalyptic story but i don't know that that's quite what it was yeah that was totally what i expected was uh i thought we were going to get you know these the group of misfit um comic book fans are going to go on this adventure and decipher this uh this story from the comic book and uh how it was you know a real thing and you know, it, it basically it started off with they'd kind of already done that, and then they were gonna, you know, they're meeting up at a at a comic convention, but they for the most part, you know, they they knew the story, they had picked through it, they had the, all their conspiracy well, theories done, but but not exactly because if you remember, they were they were only they only knew dystopia. Right. No one had ever seen utopia. Utopia. Mm -hmm. So that was like, that was the big, um, like clickbait at first was like this Holy grail of, you know, like for in real world, it would be like finally finding a mint copy of, uh, action comics number one or something like this was, no one had seen this. They didn't even know who produced it or drew it. Like it was like this, and that's the thing that you you always get into of like searching for something of you know one of, like a plot thread that's used a lot of like finding this mysterious object and what what is it going to tell us 
Um, and so they were really wrapped up into the, the secrets that all the stuff that they had learned from dystopia, that utopia was going to provide to them. Um, and I can see anyone like it has the hook for comic book art audiences to immediately like digest it in the beginning. And it has, it shows a group of fans, you know, it's a comic that came out and it seemed to be mass produced or whatever. Cause there's a big group of fans who just like the comic mm, and yeah. cosplay and talk about how much they love the art. And then these people show up and think this book has secrets to reveal. And they're like, Oh, you, you're one of those guys. Like, so the, these guys are like the fringe of the fringe who, who think there are hidden messages in the art and think there's codes to be cracked. So they, they, yeah, they form this kind of ragtag group of the people who are really into it. And they think this book had predicted plagues and viruses and and calamities that happened in the world so if we get a sequel it's going to predict what's about to happen so yeah the the stakes were very high for them to, to find this book and crack all the clues open but it one of the know, it, was this it. the right time to <laughs> have this show i don't that, know that was my whole thing was you know i was like man this is a little too uh on the nose right now well, they had to put a disclaimer at the beginning of each episode yeah like basically saying this is not real do not read into this <laughs> which this is, is not exactly the what they would want you to think <laughs> but like how many shows or movies get delayed like if there's a mass shooting or something mm -hmm. and they will edit something or delay it like I don't, to to have a show about an impending pandemic and a and a and a and a, a, rushed. a vaccine people don't trust that is rushed the, yeah mm. a rushed vaccine so like I, yeah that I don't know maybe they thought if we don't put it out now we'll never be able to air this show I thought one of the like uh, the lighter notes of it it was interesting that the group of these characters like they had never met in real life it was all just online like chat room. Like it was like one of the old style chat chat rooms. Like it was just via text because one of the guy was like super cryptic, cryptic and didn't trust or believe in anyone. And and so I mean that was cute. Like when they found out, you know, one of, one of the characters was actually. Um, well, I wasn't gonna give it away, but yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, John, this won't come up. John come Cusack. John Cusack's probably the biggest star in it. Had Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office. Not a whole lot of big stars or anything. The younger, you know, the young cast was fairly young. Although it did have Corey Michael Smith, who played the Riddler in the uh, Gotham. He played Edward Nigma in the Gotham show. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, that's why he looks familiar. Yeah. I could not figure out who that guy was. Went to Otterbein College, my alma mater, so I always root for Corey Michael Smith to get better roles in Gotham. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. I mean it was uh it was a rough ride. It, the problem is is there wasn't enough magic it it was too rushed. There there wasn't enough magical elements in it like because at first you're looking at this fantasy world that they believe in that's predicting these real world events and the curtain is pulled too quickly to see who the wizard of Oz really is like that. That should have been drawn out more. I, I feel like 
maybe Amazon was like, they gave them a limited budget, a limited amount of time and said, you need to do this now or it's not happening. Yeah, if, it, if, if, the, if the whole idea of who is Mr. Rabbit, this mysterious villain, if that was supposed to be a mystery, I, I, it didn't, like it was, I thought it was fairly obvious from pretty early on, but I won't reveal who, who it is. Yeah, but. yeah my, my, but, I told Michael my, my main issue with it was I didn't really have anybody to root for. Like, there just weren't, they weren't very likable characters for me. You didn't like the kid from Cougar Town? <laughs> but but even even um with uh Cougar Jessica Town, Hyde wow but yeah with <laughs> with uh with Jessica Hyde you know she in the in the book she's the hero or whatever and i just i did not you know i i could not find anything redeemable about her at all like there was nothing there yeah. for me Early on, I thought, wow, they're taking a very unlikable character and, you know, she's going to have an arc where she learns to trust people and we learn more about her. And, like, it didn't really happen. She Mm-mm. she was just kind of a flat line through the whole thing. No, she and was everyone like, just tolerated her. It was, it was, she was forcing reality down their throats. Like, they didn't want to believe. And that's where it... As a TV show, you know, you kind of suspend your animate or your imagination for whatever pseudoscience is going on. And she just w- was cramming down the real true violence of the world and what really happens. But at the same time, there's these weird cryptic, cryptic things of because most of the time they didn't believe her either. And then things would happen and they would just be like, whoa, this is this is really happening. And that, to me, the suspending disbelief really stretches for me on stuff like that, where it's like, they look at a code and it's like, wait, there are seven stars on this. How many stars are on the flag of this country? Like, <laughs> like who would ever, how do you tie those clues together? That makes, you know, it's very tenuous connections to a lot of this stuff. And it, like you said, it does move very fast. Things just like fall into place. People meet, characters meet, and then things happen. You know, it just, it's, yeah, there, there was... This, this, it was busting at the seams a little bit and I was fine when it ended. I, I don't think I'll stick around for a second season. I wasn't, you know, it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. So there, I assume there's going to be more, Yeah, but I, I don't know if I'll stick around for it. I, you guys basically all kind of chatted about this in our private chat and convinced me not to watch it. So I have nothing. To say. <laughs> you know, everybody was like, this is a really dark show. And there's no light anywhere. I was like, okay, no. I, I liked it. I, I don't like stuff like that, but we were watching something else already that was like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, really like the most interesting character in the, in the whole thing for me was, you know, weirdo Arby. That's what I told Jordan when I was down there the other day. I was like, Arby's the shining star of the show. And that's not saying a lot. No. No, and even his not. character just sort of made a decision to do something halfway through, and it's like it was yeah. never, yeah, fully uh, made sense. But yeah, so let's segue over. Do you guys uh, like this less than I assume than the boys season two? Or oh yeah, much less. Yes. Yeah, the boys is definitely much better. Federal 
Federal authorities have initiated a multi-state manhunt for William Butcher. If anyone spots William Butcher or any of his known associates, Marvin Mill, Q Campbell, or this man, please call 1-888-ZERO-CRIME. The world still needs superheroes. So let's get out there. I believe in love, the season two of the boys. Don't you worry. Daddy's home. Yeah, I, I like season one a lot, but I, I think this season was probably better for me. Um, hmm. they're both very good. Um, I thought season two had just a little bit of a, um, maybe that maybe it was just that first episode, just a little bit of a slow beginning. Like I was like, oh, okay, all right. And I had mentioned before, like it'd been a while. So I had some trouble remembering what had happened all in season one, other than, Hey, I liked that show. Um, but eventually, I watched a, rec- a recap since you had said that. I watched a recap of season one before I yeah. watched season two. So I didn't have any that problem. But now we I like it. I like, like it, but I, I think it suffers from this many episodes, at this long of episodes. Just I still feel like there's some filler in there of dead air to me mm-hmm. like the boys themselves don't do a whole heck of a lot as far as i'm concerned well i definitely I'll, think I'll let, the, the main characters there's some character development in season two we get we get more of a backstory um with with most of them and um you know they develop more, a more I guess believable because we know the backstory a little bit, a more believable relationship um, amongst their their group or whatever. But but yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't care that one guy, the French guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she, I want this to be like something, but I just like want to fall asleep too when when it's him and the girl that doesn't talk. So then he has to carry the whole scene, and he can't do it. So I'm just like, okay, go on to something else. This is not, they don't make any progress, I guess, till like the very end of the season. It's just like, it's constantly, they don't connect right or something. She's trying to explain something. Like they're trying to be episodic. Like it seemed like each episode had a different plot. Okay, this episode we have to get in the car and go here to do this. And then whatever it is never really works. And then they do something else the next episode. But it's not, they're not really standalone episodes, and yeah, there is a lot of filler to to connect those pl- from plot to plot. So right. I, I get your argument. I just I like the characters well enough that I don't mind just spending time with them and I like the he- back I like and the forth. hero, not the heroes, but I like the seven characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are the ones that interest me. Other than I mean, I like Huey and you know whatever, but that but the the new girl, gosh, I can't. Even Starlight. Yeah. She's from You're the Worst. I can't think of her name. I feel bad, but she's great. Oh, uh, and, uh, shoot. The actress's and, name, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's something starts with an M, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm not Anyways. Anyway. Jordan will look it up. But anyway, I love that new character. That 
Yeah. That dynamic. And Aya a- a- Cash. Okay. I don't know. But, oh, you're talking about Stormfront. Yeah. Okay. I like her, and I like I I just liked all the whole story with her and how evil she was, the way she acted. I like how she just kind of like put Homelander in his place, and I I mean that guy's great anyway. Mm. You know all the stuff he does and the things with the son and and the wife. You know all of that stuff. That was good. That was interesting to me. So, but I, I could do it. I would really like to see something more than this crutch of exploding heads. Mm. It's like, do they have another? You got another tool in this belt? They had a beach whale. Yeah, we got that we got good. talking gills. Yeah, <laughs> that was that didn't throw me as much as I. That that yeah, beach whale really scene, like that was good. I was like, I, I, that's all that Nick had watched. He came out. On his break or whatever, I was like, I think this is going to be a good moment. I feel like I see what's happening here. <laughs> but, uh, Look on the deep space as they're just like going for it, and his his look, like I I laughed hysterically at that scene. And I just like the I like you know, they're literally in the belly of the whale. Little <laughs> uh, Jonah moment. Yeah, I, I thought I definitely thought Homelander was better this season. I last season he I don't, I don't know he a little more comical or something I don't know, but yeah. he was like it did a good job of being terrifying. Like if if Superman had no morals, how terrifying would that be? And that is the most you know that's been done a million times in pop culture an evil Superman. But this really gets into that idea of like we can't talk. He could be listening. He could show up at any moment. He he has no qualms about killing anyone at any time. Like it it was he's just terrifying. And it's like it's almost that, you know, that toxic work environment where you have to be where you walk on tiptoes and you can't we can't, you know, yeah. offend the boss. So, so it's like it's it amps up those feelings of uncomfortableness to just this kind of level of terror of any time this guy is anywhere near you. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I didn't love it, but I liked it. I would watch more. Great, and it's and it's relevant in a way. Obviously, there's things that trying to reflect the politics of today or whatever. But like, I really like how it it's dealing with the media, Hollywood advertising, corporations, like the way things are marketed to us, and that's and it does you know it. It, it it spoofs like the DC movies, like Zack Snyder set. The the logo looks like the Marvel logo, so it's showing, hey, this is how they market superheroes to you in movies and fast food cups. Well, what what else is being marketed to you in this way? The way social media, you know, we have an army of people making memes that make you think one way about something, and that like, you know. You, who is manipulating you and why and from where? Yeah, that it's, it's a good it's a good pop culture way to, to ask these questions. Well, that stood out to me too. Like, um there there were points where they would show Homeland you know, oh, here's video footage of Homelander killing people and it made no difference. The people still loved him, 
You know, he came out with some BS ex- excuse about how he was, you know, defending their freedom or something, which I was just like, this is totally believable. Like the people <laughs> still love him. They do. He could, he literally murders people and nobody cares. But and at the same time, like, he's like, the only thing that he is worried about is his popularity. Like he completely loses mm-hmm. his mind, and, like drops two points in popularity. And how they can use the threat of supervillains to scare the population into going along with whatever they want them to. Mm-hmm. Terrorists. Uh, I like the I like the fight over terrorists versus supervillains. Yeah, it's all about it's all about the marketing and how how things are presented to the public being more important than what's actually happening. Well, and that, like even the same thing of like when they uh he was bringing out Maeve as being a lesbian, like that whole thing and how that was marketed. And, yeah, it's got to be focus grouped and, and yeah. we got to make sure it, it clicks with the right demographic. Yeah. Had a really uh, big little lies ending. Yeah. That's the name of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just remember, I can do whatever I want. That was a great scene. Well, speaking of comic book adaptations on Prime, we got a trailer for Invincible. Son, kids your age think they're invincible. And it holds them back, makes them careless. You hear it? I do. Were you nervous? A little. from Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead. Has anyone ever read this? I've read very little of it. I, I was thinking about getting like a, one of the big collected editions because it looks good. And from what I read, uh, the animation of this is perfect. It it's, might be the closest I've ever seen. You know, Ryan Otley's art is very clean and very crisp yeah. and looks like a, a animation style almost. So... It, it looks directly lifted off the page. All the costume designs, all the character looks. Yeah, it, it, it was, was very impressive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. It makes me like, okay, now I guess I got to read it. I don't know what to do now. Well, I just, I picked up one of the omnibuses. So I'm about 25 issues into it because it, it was a big blind spot for me. It's like, it's a huge hit and I, I just never read it. I mean, how far but to I go? Have, uh there's three omnibuses so it's something like 90 issues something like that yeah i was thinking it was around 100 yeah so uh but i multiple people i know it's their favorite comic huh and i know some comic people um but 
like, but I had read like maybe the first one or two trades a long time ago, and it just eh, it was fine. That's where I was. That's what I was. Yeah. So hmm. I'm like, I, what am I missing that people love this book? So I, it's like I'm getting Creek. into it. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It, there's it just there's some, there has to be something there, and I'm I'm gonna find it. So this voice cast is incredible for this show. Uh, Mark, the main character, the teen invincible, is Stephen Yun from The Walking Dead. His dad, who is like the Superman character, the most you know powerful being in the universe, is J.K. Simmons. Who's all over the trailer. I was like, wow. Right. Yeah. Uh, his mom is Sandra Oh. And then the rest of the cast is filled out. Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs, Zazie Beetz, Walton Goggins, Jason Matsuzakis, Mae Whitman, Zachary Quinto, Mahershala Ali, and everyone who's ever been on The Walking Dead. Carrie Payton, Lauren Cohen, Sonequa Martin-Green, Chad Coleman, Michael Cudlitz, Lenny James, Ross Marquand. So I, that, that could be the best voice cast ever assembled for anything. Amazon's getting it done. Indeed. Well, let me, when you get a little further in there, let me know whether uh, it's worth reading. But it's just, it, it is, it's very generic. The origin story the characters are all kind of parodies of other characters from other comic universes, but there is, there's just, there is something there. There's a, a twist. That's not typical, I would say, but I'm, I'm sure it'll get there in the first season of the show. But like in the, in the first issue, I was telling Mike about this the other day, he he's working at a fast food place before he gets his powers and he goes to throw a bag of trash into the dumpster and he throws it and it like shoots up into the sky my and disappears he's like yes finally got my superpowers and he goes off and does his day and then like 15 issues later there's a scene in europe somewhere and a bag of trash falls from the sky mm. and it's like oh okay he's been putting little pins in and then they do it again late he graduates from high school throws his cap into the air and it disappears and like 20 issues later it lands right next to the bag of trash so it's like there, they, there's he's playing a long game. There's there's more to it, uh, and I think he's set some stuff up. I'm sure there's twists and turns. I think I've heard some things just through osmosis of different characters who lives, who mm-hmm. dies, who who gets together. So I, I know there's more to it than just. But again, I hate to say, it's like read 300 pages of a novel before it gets good. Like it, it's hard to say. Oh, you got to read the first seven trades before it right. really gets good. So I, I don't know, uh, but I I'll, I'll keep you up. If it's uh, is that any time travel? Is there any time travel involved? If it's superhero, I'm sure there. Maybe they'll talk me into it if I can squeeze into a time travel (laughs) segment. Uh, I I do want. I do kind of want to read it because I don't hear everything bad about it. I just thought it was a little cookie cutter when I what I little bit I had read, but it's I I assume it's got to be something. But I'm excited to check out the animated series. There's a and actually series. came out came out before The Walking Dead. It was like, yeah, six or it was yeah. six or seven issues were out before The Walking Dead ever came out, and it was not a big sales hit from the beginning, but it 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 lasted as long as Walking Dead did. Cliff, I watched something that I feel like I heard of it from you. Um, the series Pen Fifteen. Yes. Did you, didn't you yeah. talk about that once? Yeah. They had, they had the second mm-hmm. season or a part of the second season released on Hulu. 
Yeah, we watched and, a few minutes of the first episode, but that was as far as we we got with season two so far. Okay, well, I've watched everything that they've that's out. Mm-hmm. But this series, to recap for people, is the comedic story of middle school seen through the eyes of two seventh grade girls dealing with the awkwardness of being a teenager. And this stars these two women are Maya Erskine mm-hmm. and Anna Conkle. Yeah. And that they are both in their 30s playing seventh graders. Right. Yeah. And yeah, ev- I talked everyone, about this uh, yeah. whenever season one first came out. Right. And, and every everyone else in the cast play that plays with them as students, everything play the correct age. Right. They're correctly cast. Yes. So it's it's two women in their thirties playing seventh graders alongside children. Mm-hmm. And they just act like the set you know, they act like they're seventh graders. It's set in the nineties. Yes. Yeah. When and they, they, and they are they are correct. It's it's set no, it's set in the year two thousand. It's the oh, year okay. 2000. Yeah, right they and they they are they in are real playing... life, they are correctly aged. They yeah. were in that grade when they in the year 2000. They are That's playing why done like this. basically themselves at that age. Yeah. Yes. It is something. I want <laughs> what I, I want it to be. I don't know that it is, but it's so close. Like I I love the idea. I think both of them are great. The problem, I think, is they're so good that the whole point, the whole twist that they are adults playing kids is almost lost. It, they it, they pull it off to such a degree that it is just like you are watching a bunch of middle schoolers. My, my They're not yeah. any contrast to that. No, my wife enjoyed this. My wife enjoyed season one way more than I did because it creeped me out because visually they are, yeah, they're, they're grown women, but in these situations and acting along with these kids, I was just like, it's too creepy. I can't get by it. Well, I would say in, in season two, they, they're so, by that point, it is just like, like I said, they just go right, they meld right with them. It does not feel like they are 30-year-olds doing it. So I almost wish, other, other than the fact I think they're both great, I wish they looked older. So it was more ridiculous, but the, uh, (laughs) not to not spoil anything, the, they really push the push it though, to show you, they have a play. So one, one of them plays, they are a 33 year old playing a 13 year old that is playing a 50 some year old in a play. And, alongside a 13 year old playing mm. 57 you know it's just like and that's pretty amazing you know that because they pull it up it just you get you believe every bit of it you know that that's and, and it shows how good of actors they are you know i'm impressed by the show i will watch more if it when it comes out like they didn't release all of the second season according mm. to imdb the 
but there's like eight episodes or something so far out, but it's, it's interesting. It's worth checking out and see whether it's for you or not. But I, I definitely enjoyed what I saw of it. I think they're just, they're super talented and some of the quirky things they say, I was real, when I saw the first episode of the first season and what I like, one thing I like, well, they just don't have the money, but they, they played songs from the time, the specific time that fit. They just can't afford to do it every episode. Mm-hmm. So like, I think when they finished the first season, they, they had a song or two, they were able to have at the school dance to kind of give it that flavor, but they just can't afford the soundtrack to do, do things. And it's funny to me because some shows just throw money at that kind of stuff. It's too bad that other ones can't afford to do it. That's all about Pin 15 on Hulu is worth checking out if you have Hulu. Uh, yeah, I guess it was last night. Cliff and I were talking, and I guess you guys have brought it up on the podcast before, but I, too, enjoy Working Moms on Netflix. <laughs> it's a, You don't even know the name. It's what? working moms. <laughs> oh, whatever. Give me a break. You can't pronounce that hard G. It's just yeah, it working. Yeah. So last night, um, it it was pretty funny that I didn't I didn't bring it up, guys. I didn't. They didn't know I'd ever oh, seen working whatever. moms. It's become but, a working moms episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we had a we had a big discussion on working moms, and uh, let me just tell you, other people at the table agreed with my opinion that um, the uh, the Jenny in that show is terrible. She needs to go. And... For all you know, this is the this is the show that my future self is going to have to <laughs> tell me that I watched. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I felt good about my, uh, about my comments and reviewing the, the previous four seasons. And, uh, it was nice to find out I am not the only one awaiting season five of working moms. So what, what about this? What appeals to you about working moms? Michael? It's just funny. It's, it's, I think it's well-written. It, it, even though it, it's a, comedy show it it does show real aspects of you know what you know working moms have to deal with through their daily lives and the battles that they have to face while like doing their comedic performance but it's just entertaining like i actually laugh out loud quite quite a bit on that show there's usually at least one scene every time that that you know and it's there's not many shows that actually I guess do it for me in that way. And, and Michael was in agreement with my wife on the on uh, the lips the lips issue. Um, that the central character it, it is a little distracting. Yeah, because she it's obviously that she had buck teeth when she was a little kid, and um, her lips kind of like conform to that. As long as she's not an albino. <laughs> And I, you guys mentioned Shit's Creek earlier. Like we just started watching that because everyone kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. I see it's like on in syndication now. I see other channels or it was like the CW is playing it late at night, and Comedy mm-hmm. Central was playing it a couple of nights. So there, uh, it should get a bigger audience with all this this press it's been getting. And all every season's available on Netflix too now. Yeah, that's what we've been watching it. And. Um, 
Are do you like it? Are you gonna continue watching yeah, it? Or yeah, are you I don't I I don't remember what the guy's name, but the the one that plays the mayor of the town. Mm-hmm. Um I've never really been a huge fan of his comedy. I, I'm surprised that because I remember when he had that show back in the day. I think it was on Fox. Fox. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think what his name is. But anyway, it's just he completely turns me off. Like I just can't get that comedy. It's it's too low brow. But I love the the son the son character, and like it's. It's more about how the kids interact in that town from the situation that they grew up in that I, I find the more comedic areas of the show. Right. Yeah. The mayor, the Dan mayor Levy is Chris, is, Chris Elliott. Is Chris here. Elliott yes. is the is the comedian. But Dan Levy to me, I mean Eugene Levy's very good. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Dan but Dan Levy to me is is the real standout star of that show. So I mean, Catherine O'Hare is great. We we expect them to be great. Um, yeah, Dan Dan Levy, I did not know about before this, and I mean, it, it's his show. Um, of course, I, I get it. He's you know the showrunner or whatever. But and his um, daughter's on the show too. Yes, yes, she plays um, the waitress um, Sarah Levy. Uh, she plays uh, Twyla. Yeah, and. Um, but yeah, it, it it just made him a superstar. Like there's that one scene that I just watched the other day of like him trying to explain that he's basically pansexual by by doing it by talking about wines. <laughs> and I mean that that was hilarious. So I mean it, it does have really good moments in it. Now are you and Christy are are you watching this together or are, are Yeah. You, okay. That's one of the shit like she won't that's the same thing with working working moms. Um, there's certain show, yeah, sure, whatever. But there's certain shows that, like, she'll wait when I'm available to watch, mm-hmm. and like that's a new one since we finished the other one. So, and also well, there's a show. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just gonna mention. Um, because uh, the haunting of Bly Manor is out on Netflix, um, I, I believe yesterday, and uh, so I saw it popped up there, and uh, I was hoping to uh, to get into that here pretty soon. I came home tonight from work, and my wife was already watching it. So, <laughs> I, well, I've seen that a couple a lot. people. I've seen a couple people mention it, but I haven't heard any uh, real buzz about it yet. I've just I've just heard it's, n- it's not as good as the uh, first haunting of Hill House. Thing. Yeah, so I was well, like the okay, most well, important that's not question: good. Does it involve a Gugino? <laughs> is we it Gugino? That, is that, it a whole I, new We have cast? that emoji now. Yeah, <laughs> we, have, we have this emojis coming. I assume it's a whole new cast and not the same actors, right? I believe so. No idea. Uh, well, there's my my working moms is a show I I continue to watch, but none of you guys do until this week for some reason with South Park. I am very proud to announce a pandemic special. They're gonna try and make us go back to school. You really want to go back to that slavery? Yo, get out of my house! You could be spreading germs. Welcome back to class. I'm your new teacher, Detective Harris. 
You guys don't seem totally stoked. A pandemic special, Randy? Really? Yeah. Anytime, anytime I mention South Park, you guys just, I, you have not watched it since 1997. There's so, so many episodes. Why That's did you go, why did you, this pandemic special was this week, so what made you jump in? You want to know why? I'm you don't curious. know why? Why? Because it was on HBO Max. Yeah. They put uh, it on the front page. Right, 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 right. It came, it came up just on the suggested front page thing, the South Park colon pandemic special. So that's this the only one, reason I watched it. It's not like a season premiere. It's not part of a season. It's a standalone hour-long episode. And it says it was the highest rated episode in seven years. Yeah, and that's why I watched it was because I felt it was a it was a one off. And yeah, I didn't, it, it, that's that's why it was a draw was I didn't have to have anything else. I'm part of this pandemic. I've seen some sp- South Park. Boom, I got this. Well, there was some continuity involving the the Disney episode. I believe I mentioned on here before mm. about where they try to you know. Marvel and Disney go to China to try to cater to it the way Randy did to sell his marijuana. Gotta get some of that D. Uh, I can't believe you watched it, Cliff, after you saw us commenting. I was like, (laughs) I can't wait to talk about this. And you watched it. Yeah, I watched it. It Shook my head. So basically, let's we can spoil it too, because I don't care. We gotta get down the nitty gritty. Well, I like right from the beginning, it shines the it what do you call it? Lampshades it where it says this is not helpful, Randy. This is not the time for this. We don't need a pandemic special right now. Right. And it's basically That's, saying, who yeah. is this for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are we wasting our time on this? No one needs this right now. And, and he, but everybody talking about, oh, the pandemic special is so good. Yeah. It's like as we're watching the pandemic special. So we don't need from, this show. We don't need this concoction. So that was from last season. Again, it, he, the whole through line was him becoming a weed farmer in Colorado. And it was, uh, he do a Halloween special. He did a, a special blend of marijuana he called his Halloween special. Right. And it was like, haven't we, I've seen a million Halloween specials, Randy. We don't need a new Halloween special. It's like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. So this became the pandemic special, but it was all like, that's probably in poor taste. <laughs> we probably shouldn't do that, Randy. It's like, yeah, but people need it. They need to, they need to have a good time and chill out. <laughs> It was so, it was really funny. I like the whole thing, like, uh, just the thing with the mat, the chin diapers. They're wearing their chin diapers, and the guy's like, I got a package for you. It's like, uh, could you put your uh, diaper on your chin? And then they both just go up, and they both have it down on their chin. They're like, okay, that's fine. As long as you have your diapers. Then later, like, you need, when the doctor vouches, like, you need to put that over your mustache or whatever. And I'm like, who's gonna put a diaper on their face? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, the whole the whole main thing was that the finding the source of the pandemic, which was when Randy and Mickey Mouse went over to China to make these deals about Mulan and all this stuff, and they uh, Randy had thought he was flashing back to when they went in there, and there was a bat. And Mickey Mouse is telling him it's just a mouse of wings. <laughs> and they're like, and they, so they are in the alley, I think, having sex with this bat. And it just was so hilarious, so funny. And then what they remembered later, he remembered it wasn't a bat; yeah. it was a it was a pangolin. Mm-hmm. Like the CDC yeah. tested it, and it that like the DNA didn't come from a bat. Yeah, yeah, it was. 
it was in your like, face, Sharon. Yeah. Well, what my favorite part of the whole thing was because he's watching, try, he's following the news to try to see what's going on, whether because there's the whole thing he's going to add, you know. But it, but it, they figured out that it was the DNA of whoever had put the, you know, their DNA into the pangolin. You know, however, they had inserted it in the pangolin. They got the scientists are talking about it. And he is standing there with the scientists, Randy is. And they're like, <laughs> they're like all like, who the heck would have sex with a pangolin? This thing is so ugly. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right. All right. <laughs> he's like, he's just like, calm down. So he's a, and and then, then the best line, the, they go, we have to know what raped the pangolin. And he's just standing by them. Also, now it was raped. <laughs> he knows that was consensual sex he had with that pangolin. Now, I I will say I did. You like when Mickey Mouse sent him? A, it, it was a, a rough watch. A bloody heart, the man. It it was a rough watch, and uh, um, I it did. made it so much better for me knowing you are out there. Yeah, we were gonna get to talk about. Now I I did highly enjoy the towards the beginning, um, very much what I would have enjoyed twenty years ago watching South Park and Eric Cartman as the virtual student cracked me oh, up. Yeah. That was yeah, that absolutely was... my favorite. That they have their whole Zoom call and of that course stuff writes itself. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a he's got the stick with the flag on it that says six foot, and he's like six foot, mom, six foot, and he's poking <laughs> her with it. That cracked me up. And then, of course, he, he had gets to cut out to put in front of the thing. Right. Yeah. He gets on the computer. Zoom call. He has a picture of himself like frozen yeah. so he doesn't have to sit through the school. Like, I, it, I, I've i always said, like, if I was in my, in my child's place right now, there's no way I would be going to school. I would have been like, yeah. virtual school? Hell yes. I'm never going again. And right. <laughs> not because, you know, right. I love my friends and stuff like that, but school sucked. And, uh, so if, if you would have given me the chance to just sit there and turn that computer on and then walk away from it, I would have totally done the same thing. But they put the cops in charge of the school because the teachers <laughs> didn't do that. So the cops turned school into prison. Right. Which was just so, I mean, they definitely are, are making a lot of commentary. Um, the best, the best moment though, really was Stan's speech at the Build-A-Bear at the end where and it wasn't like it was something eloquent it was just like what we're all thinking what everybody's dealing with differently but he's just like i just want my life back you know the whole thing you know i'm not i'm trying to help here or there but i just want to go back to what was normal you know and it was just it was a good moment mm. him going off and just really getting to say well, I, I, you know, it, it's definitely more meaningful for, you know, a group like us that is trying to do our best to social distance. We wear masks, all of that stuff um, that we're currently living opposed to, you know, the rest of, of where we live. It feels like is, you know, that the, they their life never hardly changed. They just got mad when right. everything closed down, but they didn't do anything. They haven't done anything differently. Right. They're still not doing anything differently. I, I had an older lady come in the shop. Her husband has a pull list with me. 
and she came in to pick up his books and her husband's not in good health. She is not in good health. And she was like breathing heavily because you're know, walking up the sidewalk. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot my mask. I was like, would you teach me how to do that? How do you forget? I never forget. I, there's no <coughs> moment I'm awake where I'm not thinking about the pandemic and what I've touched, <laughs> what I've put on my face, what's near me, who's breathing at me. It's like, please teach me how in the world you could forget for one moment. I would I would kill for one moment where I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. It makes me uncomfortable you guys being on here with no mask. <laughs> There's one of those uh, filters for that. It, oh, I bet. You can have yeah. a mask or a pirate well, hat. You <laughs> oh, you don't see. You don't see. I got a sheet of plexiglass right here. <laughs> but yeah. then I tune into NBC, who premiered a new show. Is that the the Zoom show? Yes, it was called Connecting. The dot 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 with a little ellipsis at the end. This was all our worst fears about what pop culture would become during and after the pandemic of how hilarious everything would be over zoom so the the i wrote down the description for it it gave a friend group gathers for their new normal virtual hang and Sounds i thought that familiar. there annoyed me like that was terrible like I, I had to watch it because I have to report on the pop culture. And the right theater. right there. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Jordan, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> yes. But when a word, like, takes on a whole new meaning, like the word virtual, like how it's always been meaning as virtual reality, like that is the hot buzzword. I don't know how many times I hear that day of, like, virtual hang, virtual con, everything's virtual. Okay, you can continue now. But yeah, virtual has kind of become reality. But yeah, this so this was a Zoom sitcom. And it was a group of friends. And it was like the most generic sitcom plot written as generically as possible and acted by people like us talking into Zoom. And it it was... I, fat, I, I watched the first 10 minutes of the first commercial break and then just fast-forwarded to the end because it was... The, the acting was just like... I don't know, guys. What do you think? And, like, I really loved my kids but until I was around them for 24 hours a day. Now they're monsters. I'm like, all the, just every joke you could think about being virtual. And I was like, oh, they, that, this was on network television. Someone paid money to these people to make this show. So no recommendation there. Finally, we found something bad. <laughs> Have um, it? Tra I, I'm not even gonna say it tried. It doesn't even grow to the level because it was not trying. It, it was not trying at all. It died. <laughs> one show that is trying that I really, I've only watched one episode. I really liked it. I actually kind of forgot to go back to it to check out the rest of it. But have any of you caught Woke on Hulu? I I watched an episode. Um, my kids really liked it. Yeah, it's it's got the um, actor from New Girl that uh, Winston. I can't remember his name. Demore, yeah, Demore Barnes, I think. Well, but anyway, he plays like Lamore, Lamore, Morris. Morris. He plays a, a cart cartoonist that's about ready to break into mainstream. 
and he's never really thought of like all the racial things that are going on and how you know his comics just a funny thing about toast and milk and toast huh we, we see visually his imagination his inside his head as he's looking at things and and then we're seeing um animated characters on regular objects talking that's that's after like the an incident happens where he he's awoken to what's really going on in the world where before he was just doing this like comedic stick little cartoon and then he gets woke to because they think he's a he robbed someone or something like that so he gets to experience the arresting and being manhandled by the police and it just kind of wakes him up to where he kind of goes off the deep end and starts imagining all these things of how's he how's he going to put his mark on the world versus drawing these silly cartoons which um some of us can relate to <laughs> so is it a tragedy or a comedy i don't know i'll get back to you on that <laughs> i meant the show not your life <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was nice, like seeing him at a com- like convention panel, as his comic was getting ready to hit, and him just completely losing it and going off the deep end. Like, I mean, I, I can mm-hmm. see that happening so many times in real life at conventions, but it looks like it, I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch the rest. Of it. I was just curious if anyone checked it out. Yeah, and because I did the same thing, we watched an episode, and, and like the teenagers really kind of liked it and I thought it was good. And I had the thought of like, Oh, here's another Hulu show, you know, Dave pen 15. Um, there's been several here lately that I was just kind of like, Oh, this, this might be good too. And then I just never went back to it. I just, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. And it's interesting how he speaks in it too. Like that doesn't sound like him at all. It was like, I don't know if he got like an acting coach to it's just the way like he enunciates words and things like it's almost like he has like a different dialect than acting. A lot of roles. Huh? <laughs> Other roles. He's I, there's a million other things we could talk about. I'm sure I, I'll, I'll throw one more out there. I just want to mention that Fargo is back on FX. It's been literally years since season three, so the fourth one is out. But they don't call them seasons. Sorry, it's it's like chapter four or series because they're all standalone. So I'm I'm happy to have Fargo back. I'm not sure how much I'm loving it, but I don't care because it I'm just it's so engrossing. Whatever's going on, I get this is the show I get sucked into the most. Where I don't know how long I've been watching. I'm not distracted with other stuff like. Every scene, I'm just hanging on whatever's going on. So I'm watching it too. Yeah. So far, you know, it's got. There's so much to like. I just want. I want more from it because I. I know how much I love the first two seasons. I I like third season too, but those first two are really strong for me. And then I want this to be great. I like the what they were setting up. All the different, you know families through time and how everything repeats itself and Chris rock as a crime boss and things. And, you know, so it's got so much going for it. 
I, yeah, I just. So it's a, a period piece at 1950, Kansas City. And yeah, the crime families from the, uh, the Jewish organized crime family was taken out by the Italian, or the, sorry, the Irish family was taken out by the Italian family. And now there's a black crime family involved. So it's, it's sort of, yeah, it's at the give and take of different immigrants coming to America and making their own place in the world. On each episode, there's been three so far, and they've all been way over an hour. Uh, the first two premiered on the same night. It was a, I didn't watch them both on the same night. It was a long go, but it said there's there's 11 episodes of this season. I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know if that's why the odd number, but they're all, we're gonna get our money's worth because it's it's really long, and I, I didn't like, know who. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I feel like they might be packing too much into it though. There's a whole like serial killer storyline and yeah stuff going on I don't know. and i i did not know who jesse buckley was literally the whole first episode i thought it was carrie coon yeah. oh really and I then the know. credits play and i'm like wait that wasn't carrie coon i don't even think they look alike just I, something the voice I, I don't know i just i for some reason i thought that was her but. i've seen two movies with her in the last year I just watched one is I just have never brought it up yet was Charlie Kaufman's new movie on Netflix. I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, she's she's, a, she's kind of a she's kind of an indie darling at the moment. Yeah, and Wild Rose from last year or the year before, she played a musician, singer or whatever. She's she was good in both of those. I mean, she's good, she's a good actress. I, so yeah, she's kind know. of the she's kind of the the breakout character probably i have no clue how she fits into things chris rock is fine i don't, I don't mm. think he's maybe the best actor yeah. jason schwartzman's in it timothy oliphant a lot, lot of good character actors yeah it's good it's good good and enough found, i'll definitely watch it i'm gonna throw a book noah holly oh, wrote yeah. novels did you know he was a novelist I did not know that uh my last trip to the dollar store Another yeah. good dollar store book find. So the creator of Fargo is Noah Hawley, and apparently he wrote several books. This is from the 90s. Hmm. And then when he got famous again through TV, they re-released them. So he's there's three or four novels out there he wrote, and I'm, I'm about halfway through it. It's uh, a He's a professor of uh, conspiracy theories. And his wife is killed on a plane crash, and there's another man with her. And we do, and it's like, was it something nefarious? So he, like, his first thought is, <coughs> is the government involved? Is something being covered up? So it's kind of, he gets kind of deeper and deeper into what actually happened. And it's, I've enjoyed it so far. It has some of that same kind of wit and sharp dialogue that, that Noah Hawley does really well on his shows. So. Cool. Well, not to be one-upped, I watched a, a uh, documentary on CBS All Access called <laughs> console wars i had read the book by blake harris last year and i finished this one unlike jordan the one he just got out. um uh, uh <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding I'll anyway I'll, I'll, I'll put my half a book up this year four books <laughs> anyway it was about the whole nintendo sega thing it was all about the it's all about marketing it's about they got got that Tom Kalinske from Mattel, who had 
like made Hot Wheels big, Barbie big, Masters of the Universe. He was like a marketing god, basically. And Sega went and hired him and said, you got to come work for us and and try to take some of this market share that Nintendo had 95% of. And he did it. And it was just, it was, I really enjoyed the book. And and I, I enjoyed the documentary, but only for the fact of being able to see all the footage of the, you know, re-see it but like they did this mall tour at the time and just did all kinds of neat marketing things but the commercials that were out and just everything but but you know to actually get to visualize it see some of the video games and things was was neat but uh i think the book was just was just a better way to do it it, it was came off more interesting nick was we were watching the documentary and nick was like man this is not that exciting. I was like, well, I'm telling you, the book was exciting. I'm not, I'm not a, the book is always better. I, I actually thought this was definitely going to be better because of how visual video games are and things, but it was kind of a little let down for me. I, I it wasn't very fun, but I, uh, I like the story. That's right in the sweet spot of video games for a lot of people, the whole Nintendo Sega battle it's it's crazy to me of because like whatever audiobook i was listening oh it was the history of nintendo but how crazy it is to think that when sega came out and they were burning through all that cash nintendo wouldn't do anything like they just sat back and waited for them to burn through all their cash yeah the, they had a, that was back you know when they did all their big presentations at the consumer electronics show or e3 and they uh and to actually see some of them, it's just how obnoxious Nintendo was. And Sega was just like cutting edged, you know, like really appealing with much more exciting presentations. And it was just funny to watch them drop the ball. Nintendo had such a market share. But what's funny is to watch it is just how we are so manipulated by marketing. It didn't matter. It was just like what they were selling us. To Sega was just like Nintendo's for kids. Sega's for you know cool people, and it just totally put Nintendo in this light of and it totally and it worked. Just, and it worked, yeah, totally worked on a bunch of bunch of people. Like, oh, I'm whatever Nintendo. I'm a big boy. I play. I watch. I play freaking Sega, and then you know, like Sonic kind the Hedgehog. Of, kind of disappointed me the. Yeah, because they go into all that, how they came up with that, and uh, but the uh, the book went into way more detail about the guy that did the 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 Sega. They they talked about that slide, you know, that whole whole use of saying that, yelling that, but they didn't talk about the history of it, and that story is way more exciting than just the commercial. Anyway, it's it's a doc. You like video games, it's still worth watching, but it wasn't, didn't blow me away. I don't know if you guys have anything else, but I have to end on a high note. I have one last thing. Ted Lasso. I've been telling you guys the last couple days. That is a great show. I love that show. Okay. Oi, mate, this is you. I believe it is. Wicked. You coaching football. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're going to murder you. 
just a bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. Oh! I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. Or tie. Right, y'all do ties here. <laughs> That? He must be from England, yeah. Wales, then another country? Yes and no. How many countries are in this country? Four. Like it or not, Richmond are changing the way we do things. And from now on, that way is the lasso way. Hey, look, this car's got an invisible steering wheel. <laughs> what you're doing is irresponsible. This club actually means something to this town. You don't think I see that every day out there on the streets? <laughs> are you kidding me? I think that's what it's all about. Embracing change. Same thing! Being brave. Your decision to bench Jamie was a master stroke. I don't think we're allowed to talk like that at work anymore. You got the fear of the underdog. For me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellas be the best versions of themselves on and off the field. I always figured the tea was just gonna taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. No, thank you. Welcome to England. I, I, they're talking about all these dark things and looking for some light in the darkness. There's a show. I got a week free of Apple TV Plus. And even if you have to get more than a week it's five bucks a month so if i run over i'm gonna have a month to apple plus to catch up on shows but ted lasso is jason sudeikis plays a coach of american college football i don't know whether he's supposed to be wichita state coach or who he was supposed to be but he was caught on some viral video um doing a dance a little jason sudeikis type dance and it went viral whatever so he got a little fame um, and this, he's hired by a soccer team, a football team in uh, um, England that to be their coach. And he doesn't know anything about soccer, but it's a real major league situation where the woman got the, you know, got control of the team through a divorce and she's trying to basically, she wants them to lose. So she hires like an unqualified person to coach the team. There's hardly any sports in this movie. I thought I was going to see a lot of soccer. It's not about that. It is about Jason Sudeikis playing this guy, Ted Lasso, who comes over and he is folksy and optimistic. And it is just about his relationships with his coaches and all the people that are like trying to do these dirty things. And he's just like the light in everyone's life. He has all these sayings and he, I mean, he's a very Jason Sudeikis. He's doing like, I can't pinpoint what character he is doing that he's done before, but it, he talks that quick, you know, every, everything they say, he's got a thing to say back. That's happy. It's got a Juno temple plays is in it plays what, you know, like a girlfriend. Um, but she, she does a really good job in it. Um, it's excellent. It is so good. It's so good. If you want any light in your life, it is Ted Lasso. It he's, shows how a positive attitude can rub off on people. Yeah. He's just like, 
I had no, I had no desire to watch this because the trailer kind of makes it look like it's stupid funny, but like you actually start watching it and it's it's got good characterization, like the all the actors are really good in it in the way that you like they put him in this situation and how it plays out. It's very entertaining and funny. Um, okay. The other coach, his assistant coach is yes. so dry and good. I mean, that guy peaks late in the season too. So you get really late in the season. The last couple episodes are the best. So that's um, one good thing to look forward to. Have you watched every episode? Yeah, yet? I watched all the time. Okay. My, one of my favorite scenes is where they have the water boy and he goes up and gives the talk yeah. to to all of them and yeah, just yeah. like starts ripping. Nate the Great, it's Nate. Nate the Great. It's just like it. Jason Sig is just like, or what? Ted Lasso just makes everything. Everybody's great, you know. Like builds them up into these great people. And uh, I I love it. Is like like in the first episode, he's like going to go to sleep, and his other coach is going to sleep. He's like, it's like, hey. If we if we end up in the same dream, let's mess around, and act like we don't know each other. <laughs> it's just that kind of stuff and so forth. Anyway, highest recommendation. I will second that. I am on the same page with Seth for once. Yeah, it's a good, it's just a feel good show. I need more of that show. That's it. Good stuff all around, except for the bad stuff. <laughs> so yeah there we go that's uh that's all the tv you could possibly cram into two weeks of your life yeah this is a super sized episode <laughs> all right hey thank you if you have a getting to know you yeah you know me question that you'd like us to answer shoot it our way if you have a suggestion for a one job give it to us if you want to if you watched a show that's as good as Ted Lasso and you want to recommend it, some feel-good show that you loved, we will check it out. Let us know what you're out there doing and watching and enjoying. Until then, we'll see you next time. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton, and I finally finished the second season of The Umbrella Academy. <laughs> the timing. Goodbye forever. Timing is on point. <laughs> Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share. <laughs>